Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's a new decade, a new offseason, a new regime, same old podcast. This is Hogs Night of Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. It is our 2019 uh, season-ending spectacular name to be determined. We'll figure that out over the course of the evening. Uh, we got Nebot Neal in the basement. What's going on, guys? We got B. Druba. Hey, what's up, all? And Dr. Chris Jones. Thanks for joining. This is Brian from Hogshaven. So the 2019 season, uh, arguably over a long time ago, officially over now two weeks ago, over a high level, overarching, a disappointment. I mean, we had low, low to middle reasonable expectations going in. I don't know that those expectations were met. What do you guys think? As we're in the off-season, off-season mode, we're happily watching some great playoff games already thus far through uh, the wildcard weekend. Redskins are out playing some golf. When you think back now, I mean, still proximate, what, what something that really jumps out on this 2019 season? Going back for me, I'm, I'm thinking about our preseason predictions, and um, I think no one really had them above 500. For me, I think it was like five or six wins, and surprisingly, they got below my expectations, and mm-hmm. they, they weren't too high to begin with. This season was a bit of a mess. Started with uh, Trent Williams, and it just continued from there. The highlight, honestly, <laughs> may have been the Eagles game because... Uh, the, we- the week one Eagles Yeah, game. the week one Eagles game because... There was all that hope, and our offense seemed to be putting up relatively good numbers, good plays. Um, I mean, honestly, we were a long bomb away from winning that game, and um, yeah, that that was my highlight. I mean, our group thread, our group text at halftime of Week One was these guys going to the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Seventeen nothing. Yeah, they were they were dominating yeah. in the first half of that game, and then. But yeah, that that was definitely a highlight. I mean, it took them until week six to squeak one out against um, 
Miami because they went for the worst two-point conversion oh of God. all time. I think that's my low life, the fact that we <laughs> won that game. <laughs> and then uh, the rest of the highlights have come in this offseason. Yeah, we'll certainly uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Obviously, we teased it at the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, showmanship. Um, the, the Bruce Allen era is is no more. I think that's going to take a, a whole segment just to, to delve into all that. Uh, Beej, what do you think of this year? I mean, what, what sort of jumps out for you? I mean, for me, it's always the same thing. I get excited at the beginning of the year because you never really know what the team's going to look like. You, you really don't know based in preseason with, with guys being rested and all. Um, but expectations were low. But still, I get excited week one. And, and the way they did perform was very admirable, admirable in, in week one. So I'm still excited. I was excited at the time. But... I kind of do like the way the season went. I'm glad they didn't continue with the way they typically go with a 500 performance. Kind of, you know, probably by week 10, this team's not a playoff team, and then they win some, lose some. I like that this year they kind of couldn't win or just wouldn't. So the fact that we're going to have a good draft pick this year um, should hopefully do well for this team going forward. But, I mean, I'm... I'm glad we got to see a good bit of Dwayne, too, because we really didn't uh, think we were going to see. We were hoping not to with uh, if Keenum was able to perform a little better. But I think it's, I think it's good. He got some experience, and, and maybe going forward, uh, the, the rust and the nerves will be out of the way. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I'm just going to go with a person who uh, was on the team this year, new addition, Scary Terry. Oh, yeah. Finally being able to He's have like a, like a deep threat. Like, it, it was, yeah, that first game. He was like a huge, you know, a huge impact in that game. And um, just having someone who's like reliable and can catch the ball. And unfortunately, he did get hurt for a little bit, but he was he was a good good factor this season. I wish, I, I don't know why he kind of fell off at the end. Kind of, even though Haskins was getting all this more playing time, like his, it became Sims. Like, why was he getting all the time? But I like that we have an option now for like a, a deep threat and a young guy who seems to be, Something that could, you know, be a game changer. It it kind of sucks though. Didn't he miss out on like a rookie record, or maybe it was a franchise record by like six yards? I think. Yeah, right I think, there. Really? I think he was out. He was ruled out. But if he had caught a pass for six or seven yards, I think he was gonna. I don't know what the. Well, we'll have to look it up. But he was, and you got to think back to the season. How many missed targets there were from Keenum and Haskins that would have been like yeah. fifty-yard touchdowns? Yeah. No, easy. He was wide open. They just missed him. Like. This kid's a stud, and if we can we can hit him, he's gonna be he is our superstar. I for mean, us. He, he ended up being like a chalkboard guy. Like opposing defenses had to plan to defend him, which I think is why we saw Kelvin Harmon start to look better in the second half of the season. Stephen Sims, I mean, they had they, they were working with the youngest receiving core in two decades, and when you know he was clearly the best guy. And so defense says, all right, well, we're going to stop him, and if you can beat us with your other guys, then okay. Um, they couldn't. They look good. I thought Steven Sims ended up being a kind of a nice surprise. Yeah, he, he started turning on at the end of the season. He had a couple sure. of breakout weeks, yeah. Sure. I think this year, um, if we're doing sort of roses and thorns, uh, my thorn of the year, my low point of this year, was that stretch uh, starting – at the end of the Dolphin game, going through the Jet game where they didn't score a touchdown uh, for a uh, yeah. <laughs> oh You guys remember that? that yeah. Was, oh, yeah. That was uh, 
Touchdown that was streak. disastrous. Like at, at a certain many, point, how many court was it? Sixteen quarters. It was well, like four full games. They it? didn't score. They it was the, either it started in the third quarter, the fourth quarter of the Dolphin game. They didn't. They they lost to San Francisco nine to nothing. They lost to Minnesota nineteen to nine, and then they lost to Buffalo twenty four to nine, and then I th- then they had one against the Jets. But like it, it was, was over late. three full games. It was Everyone. late in the game against the Jets. Yeah. Everyone Great. gets one against the Jets. Go on. <laughs> yeah. I, for, you know, when I going into this season, I think we were fairly realistic. Uh, the one unrealistic thing is, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, that I said was I thought that they would be a uh, top 15 defense and maybe a top 10 defense. And I, that's maybe this is why I don't put money on sports. I was a uh, very wrong. I mean, boy, did they underperform. Oh, my God. We're going to have to dig up the projections for how the season record was going to I thought I said they would go 2-14. and 14. Did I? I feel like I want to say I said they would only have two wins this season. I don't think you were that low. I thought I was the lowest. Okay. Maybe I said they would be like 7-9. and nine. I know I, I said they'd go 1-6. I think I, I had that. them at three wins. Okay. I think, well, I think I one of us, one we'll of us said something very low, and I was like, yeah. well, that's absurd. We'll go to the tape. Yeah. We'll go to the tape. <laughs> uh, this year, though, I think... Honestly, the writing was on the wall for Jay Gruden from the beginning. The talent on this roster, at least on the offensive side of the ball, going into the year at best was a question mark and realistically was like, this team is not going to be very good, especially knowing that we knew that Trent was going to be sitting out. I kind of think this season was a Band-Aid that you just got to like rip it off and it'll be better that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just you just do it. You, you got to do it. It sucks, and you just do it, and you move on, and, like, hopefully you heal after that. And I think that's where um, hopefully the Redskins are going. So you, you touched on it. Haskins we saw this year. I think we – the consensus was we hoped we wouldn't see him. Um, I don't, Jay maybe is a function of self-preservation or pressures from – uh, the owner's box. I have a feeling that we're going to hear more from Jay Gruden way down the line. It's going to be a long time because he wants to keep a job in football. We're going to hear about his time here and sort of what it was really like. But when you think about Haskins in his rookie year, how do you, how do you grade him? We'll, we'll just we'll do uh, what letter grades, and then you can write comments on the report card there. What grade do you give Dwayne Haskins for his first season? In the Let's say like a B minus C. And I, I think maybe I'll go C, B minus, because I think he got better the more we saw him. I think there was a lot more I wanted to see out of him. I, I didn't know too much out of him coming from Ohio State. I knew most mostly a gunslinger, like he could he, arm, he yeah. could throw it, tons of touchdowns. Um, I thought he had a couple missed targets, and I I don't know if the reports were true that he didn't know the playbook or or why it took him so long to get on the field. Um, if if that had any relation to his performances but I, w- I wanted to see a little more productivity out of him and just like better performance overall but I mean I think we saw a, a little a little progression as the season went down and kind of as he was he earned the job and like it, he knew it was his to start a week so I think the preparation maybe came a little better and we saw that going down the line but also then again I'm thinking I don't know like the Giants game is one I'm thinking he looked great but that game was just a total disaster on both fronts for defense like 
what was the final score? Forty-two to twenty-eight or something. So like thirty-five, twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah. So it's like forty-one, yeah. thirty-five. You guys. Are so right he looks good in that, but both teams have terrible defenses that week, and it's like, is he playing well, or are both teams just trying not to lose this game? So yes, it's like he looks great one week, but I just want consistency going forward. I still don't know if if he's the guy I want every week. Like, who knows? Maybe we do draft a quarterback in the off season, but I think. We saw some signs of greatness, and we saw some things he could improve on. He's young, so you're gonna see you're gonna see that. But it's all how he develops, and if he's given the right tools, and I think uh, the coaching change that we we've made, hopefully, can uh, they can work with him, and we can see what we got in the mix. Not sure if this matters, but I'm sure like I would like to see his starting field position compared to other quarterbacks, because I'm sure he was in the bottom oh, half yeah, of that starting in his own like in their own red zone all the f- their they were s- their field position was a bomb also year. i think their third down conversion was not well i know the defense gave up like the highest third downs i'm not sure about the offense yeah because their offense when callahan took over was run the ball run the ball run the ball punt like that was just third and 23 uh let's run it yeah, it's predictable yeah i'm going <coughs> c plus b minus Mm. Um, I think he definitely started lower, like Brian was saying. And towards the end, he did kind of start – you saw him get a little more patience back there, and he was kind of reading plays better. And The one play that really stood out, I don't know which game it was, but he, like, instead of running for a first down, he threw the ball in the end zone and, like, into a tight window and, like, made that play. And, like, that was something that I saw, like, a little bit I think of spark. that was a giant game. Yeah, it was, yeah. like, something that I thought was, like, a good – it was, like, a – I don't know, it was a, cha- a risky play, but, like, he knew he could do it, and he, he got it. So it was like, you started seeing things that he could do, and it was good because he didn't see that earlier. He was missing targets. But towards the end, the last, like, three or four games, he was starting to starting to show up a little more, and I kind of I kind of like that. So that's why I'm ending on a B-. minus. Uh, I'm going to go C, C-. minus. Mm. Um, he's the hard professor that, like, you go on rate my professors, and like, he's a really hard grader. Don't take his class. <laughs> we saw you were one thousandth of a point away from the B, but uh, we're, 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 we're round keep, down. We're keep you at the C. <laughs> yeah, no roundness. <laughs> Gotta try it a little harder. Uh, it's it's tough for me to be too hard on him just because we knew the weapons weren't there, and uh, when he first got in there. It seemed like it was almost a struggle for him to even get the play into the huddle. So I think uh, he has shown a good amount of improvement. And also, I thought he was better when he started to use his legs more and um, extend plays a little bit. It, it showed a little bit more uh, confidence and extend the play, make a play. Yeah, I think I think you guys touched on a lot of it. I just, um, I'm not sure if he's... The quarterback that the Redskins is, I hope for consistency's sake that that he is. I'd like to see them continue to develop him, but I don't know. Yeah, because I said the parameters. Otherwise, I would give him an incomplete grade on the semester because of extenuating factors. But if we're gonna let's grade with with the curve, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna give him like a gentleman's B, actually. He had his best offensive lineman not playing. He had the youngest receiving core, as I mentioned, you know, since the 99 Browns. He had no tight ends. He dealt with two different coaches, one guy who had a playbook super thick, the other one who insisted on exclusively running the ball. 
was dealing with just the chaos all around him. Look, I think it is very, I mean, not a shocker to say, I think it's clearly a very difficult thing to be a quarterback in the NFL. And on top of that, to have to do it in a situation where, like, everything is on fire all the time around you, to try to be able to figure out what's going on, like, that's that's really tough to do. He is super inexperienced. I mean, he barely played any ball in college. You know, he just, you know, he had the one season at Ohio State as a starter, and then, like, before that was playing at Bullis just down the street here. So I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he's earned a second chance and a second look. Frankly, all these people, we saw it. We saw it on Hogshaven. I'm going to call you guys out there. You can you can get on us in the comment section if you really want to. But there were people who were ready to just like throw him in the garbage heap after a couple of starts. It's just like, that's not how this works. Not everyone is going to be Lamar Jackson. Not everyone's going to be how Andrew Luck was. Not everyone's going to be how RG3 was as a rookie. You kind of... This is why I think we all said we wanted him... We wanted to not see him this year. We wanted him to have to be, to be able to sit there and develop. And our wish didn't come true. I think to his detriment. So there's still... I think his best football is still ahead of him. Uh, his This was not a great year. But I think, yeah, with the curve... He he came to office hours a lot, so I'm gonna I'm gonna round up. I'll give him a B. <laughs> Get that extra credit. All right, all right. Uh, should we take a quick break and then come right back? No, let's just keep rolling. Up. <laughs> okay. Take that Sorry. Break. All right, so obviously the biggest piece of all of this, the end of the 2019 season, coincides with what has been the mantra, not just at Hogshaven, but for all Redskins fans, for what? How long has this been going on that people have been saying Fire Bruce Allen? The Fire Bruce Allen movement has been going on. He had He came in. With a lot of goodwill, everybody was really excited. You know, his his dad with his history of the Redskins and sort of the experience of having been a football guy in Oakland and in Tampa, where mind you, he like never won a damn thing. But everyone was excited that he was here. Um, but it's over. It's finally over. I think people are going to be scarred for a long time. Uh, this was a traumatizing experience, and um, it. If, if this season was ripping a Band-Aid off, the Bruce Allen experience was like trying to pull the Band-Aid off so slowly and it hurt every single second. Yeah, it's just totally covered in hair. It's like, oh, yeah. Why would that be the spot for the Band-Aid? That, that, the Bruce Allen era was the scene from uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin where Steve Carell is getting his chest waxed and every single time they're pulling the hair out and he's... Yeah, you know he when he's he, still there. You know when he sh- he shot that? That was actually his chest hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can only do one take. Oh my god! <laughs> so uh, what? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So to coincide, you know, Bruce Allen is wholesale regime change. I mean, they made everybody basically was on the chopping block. The only guy who didn't get fired, fired, or like not officially brought back until now was Kevin O'Connell, and uh, we're getting word today that he's been granted. 
permission to go speak with other teams as though it were a surprise because his position's been filled. Um, I'm going to let you guys uh, do a little celebrating of where, sort of where you're at. Bruce Allen is out. Where do you? How do you feel about the end of the Bruce Allen era? I thought we had a pretty damn good culture, so... Oh. I don't know. I don't know how to feel, but no, it's. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think the players will take it as a sign that there's a, a big change in the mix, and I don't know. I think it could be a good spark for the for the team and the and the whole just the fan base has been waiting for this, and so for Snyder to finally man up and and do what needed to be done, I think uh, it says hopefully good things for the uh, for the team going forward and. Yeah, I, I just want everybody to pump the brakes a little bit here, uh, just because we all know uh, Dan Snyder is the one behind the bench calling the shots. And I think Bruce Allen was a, a little bit of a puppet, and he, he seemed to take a lot of the um, force of everything. But uh, I'm going to hold off on my celebrating until I see some actual changes. I mean, it's so early. I mean, this just happened. And for me to think that everything is going to change right away. So uh, I'm just going to wait and see how things change. I'm optimistic, but I I don't want to get fooled again. I'm holding, holding any judgment. Jonesy doesn't want to get heartbroken again. It's been so, so many times. Yeah, and Bruce Allen, you look at his uh, his record, the years he is in upper level management with Washington, they go six and ten, five and eleven, ten and six. That's our RG three year, which I think is collectively probably the best year of Redskins experience. I don't know. That we remember. Yeah, I mean there were you know the Joe Gibbs years were pretty great, but three and thirteen. Four and twelve, seven and nine, seven and nine, three and thirteen. I mean, those last five should get you fired. Oh my god, he he is he is. There is some sort of a message there about like what it is to be a fail son. You know that expression, a fail son, like a failure, a failure son. Yeah, like he like he was riding his dad's coattails. even though he's, you know, George Allen in the distant past, I think he buddied up to to Snyder was sort of his confidant. Remember when they fired, uh, they fired Jay, and you know they're they're driving out in the van from underneath the stadium and like calling like Jared, oh they they had to go get drinks after the game. Like I, the fact that it got to this point, like we all knew it was coming eventually. We hoped. We maybe we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Part <laughs> of the thing. No, because we are all like, "What is it going to take? What's it going to take?" And apparently, it was his second three and thirteen season. I think the Redskins are in a better place in their front office than they were with him here. But it's just like you know, it's the first step. It's the first step, and it's okay to be excited that there is, even if it is a figurehead or a puppet, with the change at the top. At the very least, like. To not have to try to do the same thing over and over. After the the culture is damn good uh, comment, I was just like, how does this guy have I a know. job? I don't know how there wasn't more like, 
backlash on that? Like, how do you think? Didn't we're he kind of avoid all the questions? He just wouldn't answer. Like, I thought he stayed around. I thought he, he was did, there. But he did, I think he was like kind of deflecting in his answers. But yeah, people people kept like asking that, and they yeah he like he just repeated himself kind of and didn't really get into it. But it was yeah obvious that at that point we were still like yeah we're not having a good season. There were still like five games left, but yeah he wasn't saving himself at all. I I don't know how it took so long like this season. Like, why do we have to wait for the final? I don't know. Why not do it just earlier? But yeah, he he didn't impress, and um, I agree with Jonesy. He's not. It's not. We can't get excited yet because it's just the beginning. But there's still Snyder at the at the helm. But it is something to start getting the wheels moving. So. So to coincide with Bruce Allen's departure, I mean, lots of heads were on the chopping block. The Redskins fired their training staff which has been, they've got, if you're ever talking about your training staff and, like, whether or not they're doing their job, they're already not doing their job. And it's been that way for years. That in it's always, that's, I think Jay Gruden got at least two extra seasons because the training staff was so bad. Yeah, because you would always, I would at least, well, I had no say, but I, that was my reasoning to keep him around. Like, they've been so hurt, we don't really know what this guy can do because he's never had a full team. So how can you honestly judge his performance as a coach when he has a bunch of guys starting for the first time or have zero experience? So I, I agree with you. And But to, like, how does that happen? Is that Bruce Allen keeping those guys employed? Or why why is it until now that this guy's been fired or this, this staff? Why, why was, like, these guys' lives are probably at stake because these guys are so bad. Well, and that was the whole thing with Trent, wasn't it? Where he's he said that you know after they misdiagnosed his his growth and like he's you know scared for his life, he's like, I'm not coming back. I don't trust these guys. And that's ultimately, I think, what people would say is when you're in charge, the ultimate decisions come down to you, and the ultimate responsibility comes down to you. Which is why people, you know, maybe you know Bruce isn't in the training room diagnosing guys, but Bruce is the guy who is handing checks off to be signed for, you know, and so it's it's a domino effect. Um, did you, you guys saw, like, the players reacting to uh, the coaching staff? Yeah. Or the training staff getting yeah. getting canned? Like, who was it, Dunbar? I think it was, was, I think it was Quinn Dunbar. And that opened my eyes because I was like, the fact that he's kind of publicly stating that, wow, it's about time that this happened, like – we don't know that. Nobody knows that outside the organization. So it's good to see, like, I don't know why they couldn't speak up. Other, like, was how much support was there around Trent for, because didn't he kind of, like, he was open about being pissed off at the training staff. I'm surprised he didn't have some more support from his teammates. But at the same time, you don't know what kind of power people have around you, and you don't want to speak up, I guess. But I don't know. It's, it's very interesting, and I, I don't know why it took so long, but I'm glad there was a, a change made. Yeah, I think uh, I think his teammates did support him, but again, you're, you're still playing for the organization, so I'm not sure how much they can publicly say. But yeah, for me, it's a little bit tough to draw a direct correlation between you know players injured and the health staff. But uh, when it happens that your team is leading the league, I think the last two years yeah. with uh, injuries occurring, you start to really think about it. And I think, Stabby, you're right that 
the fact that they were being discussed was enough to say they're already like not doing a, a yeah, very a good job. It's an it's an issue. So um, this sheds a little bit of light on the rest of the training staffs to like the unsung heroes that that they do their jobs and they don't get mentioned. But when you're not doing your job, uh, your name gets brought up. And I'm, I'm glad they made the change because uh, as soon as you're losing talent off your roster because of uh, the training staff, then it's an issue and, and they need to go. Yeah, that shouldn't be something that should affect where you sign to play. Like, you, you should never have to think, like, the training staff is somewhere. Like, this could affect players coming into the organization. Sure. Too. Like, definitely. This, if, because Trent, I'm sure, is telling people, like, what, what happened. And, like, so, yeah, it's good to have, like, yeah, a clean slate and kind of, but yeah, there's, I, yeah, I don't know how it took so long, why Bruce Allen's being fired led to all this, but, um, it's good to have a, you know, get the right people in the right place. Well, I'll just I'll just say to tie two threads together about sort of the culture and players being outspoken and sort of like why weren't players speaking up for Trent more. You think back a year ago, DJ Swearinger was very vocal about this team and the and the I coaching like staff and he was very he was open and he was he was honest and I you think saw what happened. He was critical and he he, he he got cut. They they ran him out. So clearly, this was an organization. I mean, it's funny because you know Bruce talks about you know the culture is good. From a fan perspective, it doesn't seem good because they're not winning and like things aren't going well. But every once in a while, you sort of get those little peeks behind the curtain to sort of say like what you know these guys are. They all get media training, so they know they know they're smart, they're savvy, they're businessmen. They know not to be out there running their mouths because. You, know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you, and if is so, some of this is clearly a function of playing and operating out of fear. You, they're not speaking out because they're afraid that there are going to be negative repercussions. There have been guys, I think, uh, uh, Sua Cravens, who admittedly had some additional issues and like it didn't work out in other places. But you think about Qua- Cravens, you think about DJ Swearinger, and these are guys who were made examples of by this team. Because they didn't fall in line, and it just like it, it ended up. So, so yeah, like the culture wasn't good. Like yeah. it was not good. And I remember the Swanger thing. I agree. Like I know firing is not the right thing, but like yeah, we shouldn't have guys not like being able to speak out about it. Like I don't think he should have been fired, but like a suspension. But I don't know. Like yeah, I, I'm just trying to say like you can't like have a guy like on your team go out and say like this coaching like sucks like you, something needs to happen but i wish it was just like a suspension like why do we have to cut or him completely something. like yeah just at least like cutting him completely it's gonna yeah instill fear but like he was valuable i liked him on the team and i'm kind of pissed that we let him go yeah he was a, he was the leader of the, of the d last year but where is he now kansas city or uh is he green bay is he playing he's playing he play i don't i heard his name the other week Okay. Good. It's funny because a lot of the guys who left ended up having great seasons yeah. this year. 
Uh, Fuller was great. Um, Full Fuller was traded. Right? He was already in. The guy and he was, he was he was talented. Uh, uh, ha ha Clint. Ha ha Clint Dix played really well. Everyone also. Ty and Secchi had a great year. Also, like, everybody played well against us. That's true. Uh, Isn't uh, DeAndre Roberts or Andre Roberts on the line? Or he had a punt return against us. That was nice. Pierre Garcon touchdown against us. Really? Yeah. He Jets still played. Jets. Swanger's yeah. on the Saints. Saints. Oh, he's got a chance. All right. And uh, actually, never no, mind. He's out. Damn it, he lost. And then uh, <laughs> I mean, the one, the one exception being um, what's his name, the linebacker who went to Philly uh, was Zach Brown. Who was it? Who got he got cut by Philly? Zach Brown band. Uh, yes. I, whatever doesn't even matter. But <laughs> and there were there were all these guys where I was I was watching playoff games last weekend. I'm like, oh, he was a former Redskin. Like he was on the Redskins last year. He was on the Redskins two years ago. It's like, oh, these guys. Uh, Austin Ryder. Do you guys remember Austin Ryder? He's a center now. He was on the Redskins. He was sort of like a, he was a Mason Brennan Award nominee. Had was a great preseason player. They could never figure out what to do with him, and now he's starting guard. Austin Ryder's on Kansas City, so he's like starting he's offensive starting, line yeah. for Kansas City. It's just, just like, oh man, that really makes me so mad when these guys are able to succeed in other places. So I don't know. Yeah, but the last thing I want to touch on, and maybe I'm like grasping at straws here but um when when you talk about like a coach and you know admittedly the offenses change and and you see coaches kind of get phased out because they're they're behind the book and and they're a little too old school for the new school type of things and i i wonder if that plays into effect with the training staff as well because i know our training staff uh one of the lead guys was there for like 15 years or so sure and i wonder if that's a factor that uh perhaps things had advanced and and maybe he wasn't keeping up i'd i'd have nothing to back that up with but um it happens in other positions and i'm just wondering if if maybe that was a factor as well just if if you're if your players are speaking out when a guy gets fired and saying, like, thank God that guy got fired, yeah. just not a great sign, yeah. generally. It's a shame they couldn't speak out earlier. I know. It really is. I mean, it, it makes you wonder what, what things are like inside the building. But we, get, we got one Bruce Allen press conference in five years, and it's not as though we learned anything. So neither here nor there. Um, so I guess to, to close things out, we got a new guy in charge, a uh, new head man. The, uh, the Bill Callahan era is over. Was, I think, a failed experiment from the get-go. Adrian Peterson looked pretty good, and I think Darius Geis got a good number of carries when he was healthy. But, like, that, you talk about old-school guys who are antiquated. That is Bill Callahan to a T. A run, 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 punt. Like, that was the Bill Callahan way. So, uh, what what's his, uh, he was 3-8, and eight, right? What's his win percentage as a coach as far as Redskins coaches? Yeah, he probably does pretty well. <laughs> he probably is up there against Gruden. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for an interim guy, he was. I think he was trying to play it safe, and I don't think he was terribly sold on Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Um, he'll, be, he'll be a footnote in Redskins history. I mean, people aren't going to be talking about it. Honestly, like, as an interim guy, it's hard to judge because you don't know what influences he was dealing with. Sure, like, sure. He's got a rookie quarterback. He's got the same Yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, Dan Snyder wanted to see the quarterback. Like, 
who knows if it was his top choice or what have you. So yeah, I, to be yeah, you're right. To be fair, he didn't get to pick his personnel. He didn't pick his assistants. He didn't pick his playbook. He just picked the plays in the playbook. And maybe this is this uh, this thought occurred to me. I mean, maybe he was calling those plays because his evaluation of Dwayne Haskins was, I'm not going to put this guy in a position where he has to make a play because he can't do it. It was ugly football. That period is over. Riverboat Ron, now on to town, happened pretty quickly. And by all accounts, I think Ron Rivera was the top. And the, the, the negative way of putting this is uh, retread coach, like a guy who's coached before. Then, you know, there are a couple of uh, college guys. They could have done worse, I think. They could have. I would not have wanted Mike McCarthy. Okay. I would not Why? have. Why? Because he's like a putt. Yeah, <laughs> like, Aaron Rodgers came out and said, "Like we're crazy because we keep doing the same stuff that's not working." Okay, I I, I didn't know this. Just like, on, just like on, he had one of the best quarterbacks of his generation, yeah. and it completely lost him. Yeah, totally unimaginative offense. Didn't know how to use the run game whatsoever. Just like he had a flash in the pan, and I somewhat think it was a function of having such incredible talent on his team. He was not, I think, I'm going to say some nice things first, and then I'm going to tell you how I really feel, which will tip my hand. And then I'm going to let you guys respond and tell me why I'm wrong. I think Ron Rivera was the best option of the previous NFL coaches. I think, best case scenario, he's a guy who helped develop Cam Newton into being a great quarterback. Maybe he was had the potential from the get-go, but I think you know he, he helped get them there. He brought a team to a Super Bowl. He's fun. His players respect him. I've seen unbridled exuberance from Redskins fans about this hiring and the staff that they brought in. Jack Del Rio, another retread, a guy who was a head coach for a long time. He's now a coordinator. Norv Turner's son, whose name I now don't remember. but Scott. Uh, anytime of Norv Turner. Um that's a guy who stayed in the NFL well long, way longer than I think he anticipated. It's just like, what about being a coach's son makes you a coach? That's a conversation for another time. My thought is, maybe he'll be, it'll be a better situation. But if you think that Ron Rivera coming in is going to turn this team around immediately, you're a fool. And if you think that the fact that he took the ping pong table out of the locker room is going to get everyone to straighten up, I have a bridge to sell. That's all it is. Because he moved into the hallway. (laughs) You know why these disciplinary, it's 2020, these disciplinarian coaches predominantly who are former college coaches, I'm not talking about Rivera right now, guys who come in and act as though they're army generals. It doesn't work in the NFL because these are grown men. These aren't college kids. These are grown men who have families, who have gotten themselves the NFL, so they know what they're doing. Does the Red, do the Redskins need to be shooken up? Yes. Could Ron Rivera be the guy to help do it? Maybe. But if you think it's things are going to change overnight, honestly, you're a lost cause to me because we have been dealing with two decades, almost three decades, of just like sheer madness with this organization 
and Bruce Allen wasn't running the organization in the early 2000s. It was it was Dan Snyder. And I just think like the fact that people are so willing to jump right in and say, "Oh, we're, we're going 9 and 7 next year." We got great talent on this team. You see Steven Sims? You see Kelvin Harmon? I don't know. It just, to me, it makes my blood boil a little bit. And now I'm going to say that to let you guys push back on me. Because if you think I'm wrong, then so be it. But, like, the exuberance, while I'm, listen, I'm glad. I'm glad we're moving on. I'm glad Bruce Allen's out. But I I don't know if uh, we are that much better today than we were two weeks ago. You're right. We're going to be 10 and 6. Next question. (laughs) But isn't that, like, the definition of being a fan? Like, Beyond all odds, you're going to take like the top, the top approach that like your team will reach, sure, and like just assume that you'll hit it. I, fans aren't realistic. Fans don't listen to rationale. Like, all I want the wins, baby. I understand where they're coming from. I agree with you. I I think it's a long shot, but. At the same time, you can't help but kind of, I don't know, enjoy it a little bit. Like, it's it's a nice mix-up. I think I'm more excited about the Del Rio. Is that his name? Yeah, Jack Del Rio. I think I'm more excited about that hiring. Um, you look at his background and the teams he's transformed into kind of defensive dominating forces. Uh, we, we're starting to put together the pieces in defense. And uh, if we can draft another young kid this, this uh, offseason... We're going to have some good pieces, and, and we're starting to build some things. Which they got nowhere to go but up. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, it's, it's hard not to be a little optimistic about the future. Um, I definitely agree it's going to be hopefully not too long, but we're not, it's not going to be an immediate impact. But you lay the groundwork. We have a young team, so these guys, if they stick to the program and they stay in the system and they're developed – we could definitely see some greatness, um, but I think it's going to take time. Maybe maybe we'll see it earlier than we hope or earlier than we uh, would think, which would be great. But, I mean, I think so far we're seeing the right moves, and I think I'm more excited because who, who was the D.C.? Minuski? Yeah. Was, was he officially yeah, let go, Minusky. or is it just like it's, it's obvious because we hired this new guy? Yeah, I mean, like – does he know? His his his, his <laughs> key card in the so building doesn't there, work anymore. Has anyone emailed him yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just like, how does he keep a job when they're just getting? Because well, he just, was, I don't know. He was good last year. Was but he? Was that a surprise? Was like, he? Was that like a know. fluke? He was like some games. He actually, I thought our defense was actually pretty good. Like last year, but this know. year they just yeah they looked so bad. I feel like we have more talent defensively right now um at least as far as like healthy players so i'd be more well on paper i was watching i watched that last game i didn't know anyone who was playing in the defensive backfield i did not know was i was like who is that they call him (laughs) out of the stands stabby you just you just you you asked and you wondered how fans can be so enthusiastic i did and and you heard it firsthand by brian taking what he heard and he's He's transforming it into the base best case scenario, possibly. And yeah, what I'm hoping to be is yeah. So like, 
take Brian and I think Brian's a little bit on the lower side, but like add a couple magnitudes to that. And add a couple got, exclamation points. Bingo. And you got like a full Twitter fledged. handle, <laughs> skins, HTTR, fire Bruce Allen. Or no, no, sorry. Fired Bruce Allen. <laughs> Hashtag fired Bruce Allen. Yeah. <sighs> well, uh, you know, another season in the books, ready to be some off-season champions. I think the Redskins are off on uh, a good foot there. I hope you hope you guys have enjoyed our first full season for Hogs Night of Podcast. Uh, we're gonna keep things going over this off season. We have some fun things planned for the off season. I think that's when uh, when we re- we're really gonna. Show we got more than two wins planned. That's so right. uh, <laughs> yeah. we got those W's. Uh, well, boys, this was a maybe not the best year of football, but a great year of podcasting. Looking forward to keeping it rolling. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed. Uh, thank you in particular to our other wonderful hosts on this channel, uh, Tiffany Hoy, Denton Day, John Johnson. Um, it's been really great so far, and we've, we've really enjoyed getting to hear from them and hear from all of you. Uh, Dr. Chris Jones, it was great hearing from you this this wonderful evening of Bruce Allen free podcast. <laughs> I will say while I uh, didn't enjoy the season in particular, I did enjoy uh, coming in here and talking uh, Redskins with you guys. Beach Roomba, how about you? You feeling pretty good? I'm feeling good. Um, long way to go before week one, obviously. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy the playoffs and uh, watching what could hopefully be the Skins someday. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, I, I, good good year uh, podcasting. I'm talking about not the skit. That was garbage. Um, but excited for the future and uh, excited to talk more skins with you guys down the road. And that about Neil? Yeah, definitely excited for what's ahead. Um, yeah, green with Brian. Just um, glad glad we finally got rid of Bruce. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, reading on what's going on this off season. I'm going to give that a, a big old hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Brian from Hogs Haven, and this was Hogs Night, a podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.